What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am a little chemical. This is the analysis of Cody Rhodes. Something that we kind of did a couple weeks back with uh, the reign of Roman Reigns. Something I've been wanting to do for a while. I took a step back and I finally watched the Steve Austin uh, Broken Skulls episode with Cody. And I was very hesitant to watch that match. And something I realized today as I was watching it. Now I'm recording this. A day before Devil or Nothing. And so, um, what made me watch it, actually, was uh, seeing a report. <laughs> and people are just crazy, but I relate to this report. Seeing a report how a fan was uh, protesting, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Devil or Nothing. He was refusing to watch anything AEW um, because it wouldn't have Cody Rhodes on it. And Cody said, you Cody was like, no, watch AEW. We need both companies. You know, they did nothing wrong, et cetera, et cetera, which he said. He said all the right things. And I do believe him to a degree. I believe there was a disagreement. I don't think he was ever losing a position on the card or anything. I think he just wanted more. And I think the AEW World Heavyweight Championship wasn't going to be the thing to do it for him. I think no matter what, <clears throat> he had, I believe him. I believe the WWE Championship has to be the thing that will fulfill him in his career. I could definitely see him going back to AEW in his lighter years, working a light schedule. But I don't see it. It won't be the same, obviously. But he's... The, the company needed everybody. They, they needed Jericho. They needed the Young Bucks. They needed Kenny. They needed him. So, <clears throat> I was like, why am I so hesitant <clears throat> Excuse me, to watch this interview? You know, I watched a bunch of Broken Skull uh, interviews. Uh, the later one was the last one I watched, I think. Um, and I realized something. I have flashback in my mind. The first ever wrestling pay-per-view I went to live, in person, was 2005 SummerSlam. It was, at DC, it was in D.C. at the MCI Center. It, it used to be called the MCI Center. I don't know what it's called now, but uh, the Wizards still play there. And so, I remember <clears throat> 2005 was a weird year for me. So, I don't know why I'm losing my voice already. But, yeah, I've talked to literally nobody today. Why am I losing my voice? Anyways, <clears throat> so, 2005 was a weird year for me. So, I don't remember much about it, but I remember I was everywhere but wrestling. I remember, I caught up on a lot of my 2005 wrestling through, there used to be, if you had cable, there used to be this on-demand service called WWE 24-7. And they had a bunch of stuff on it. it. It was updated pretty regularly, from what I remember. And so, um, I remember watching a lot of old Raws on that. And I said old Raws, I mean like 2005 stuff, like we were just getting caught up. But I remember it was less of me watching it live. And I remember I went to, to, I remember I was brushing up on everything. And the reason I went was, one, I had the opportunity for the first time. As a matter of fact, you wanted something crazy. This is when Ticketmaster was still a thing inside of Macy's. I don't know if it still is or not. Don't know. But I used to work at this Macy's when I lived in Maryland. And I was like, well, maybe if I go, maybe I can go there because I didn't have the internet. Uh, I was like, maybe I can go there and buy a ticket. So sure enough, I went there and bought an actual physical ticket from the Ticketmaster inside of Macy's in that mall. So I had my ticket. Nosebleed. It's all I could afford. I was super excited though, right? And so I went off the back of Hogan versus Michaels. 
And a lot of times when people ask me, hey, who, who would you get to see wrestle live? I forget that Benoit won a match in like 15 seconds or 10 seconds, whatever it was. He made Orlando Jordan tap out. Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio Jr. was on that match in a ladder match. Hell of a ladder match. Uh, Batista versus JBL. I think that was then. Was that, wasn't that that when Batista put JBL through his uh, limousine um, roof? Um, uh, <clears throat> Edge, Matt Hardy. I, I saw so many people live that I forget about that because it was my first time. And I know they say you don't forget your first time, but I, I forget it because... I don't think I knew how to really enjoy it. Like, I don't think I, I don't think I learned how to enjoy anything until more recently. That's why I could talk about WrestleCon with such affinity because it was for, I think WrestleCon was the first time I actually like really sat back and enjoyed myself somewhere. You know, but I think that's why I forget about it. But anyways, um, I remember brushing up to go to to um SummerSlam. And I remember I was sitting outside, we're in line, we're waiting, and this one dude who was just spoilerific. I was like, yeah, man, I hope Jericho wins, you know, because Jericho's facing Cena that night. And the guy just said, hey, man, uh, Jer- nah, Jericho's losing, he's going out of town, he's, he's leaving the company. And his homie was like, hey, man, how, how do you know, like, why are you giving away all the spoilers? He, you could tell he just doesn't know. And I didn't know. At the time, I wasn't plugged in like I am now, you know? So, like, I was like, oh, that kind of sucks, you know? So... I, I think that's another reason I kind of forget because this dude just was all spo- If you were trying to be spoiler free, this mother bleeper was spoilerific. Like, seriously. Like, he was just on one. Right? And it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't bother me, but I, when I think back, I, his friend could clearly tell, like, it was taking some excitement from me. Because he was telling me all the match results. You know, you could tell he was clearly plugged into the internet at the time and. Everything and I remember I asked him, I said, "Why are you even coming to this show if, show if you know if you know it's gonna happen?" And he was like, "I don't know." I said, "Wow, that sounds miserable." It, it just sounded miserable. Anyways, I remember it was. I didn't ask one question to this other guy. I was sitting next to. I was like, "Why is everybody's booing Cena?" No, because I had noticed it in my brush up, but I didn't get it. And he was like, "Yeah, man, people are just tired of Vince pushing the machine." And I remember I was like really in my feelings. I was like, "Why am I in my feelings? Like, why are people man, they can cheer for whoever the fuck they want to cheer for? Who gives a fuck, right?" I remember like thinking that in my head. Then I remember this is many many years later. Don't remember the year, but I remember getting a message from Jonathan Esther, and he asked me if I was a Cena fan. This was seen as a, still a full time WWE participant. Um, so it had to be in, in early to early 2010s, maybe middle, but early, whatever. He's still there. And I remember I was writing this long response and I remember at the top I said, um, I don't know if I'm a senior. But then I, I remember, I remember like before I sent this long, it was a long message too. One I would never read myself. <laughs> and um, I remember when I was top, I said, I am a senior fan. Now I remember in that message, I remember essentially writing out why I was. And it's because I've always been able to Disattach. And we're talking Attitude Era. I would dare say this. 96, because you guys know my affinity for 1996 wrestling. From 96 till, till 2002, I was definitely one of those people that was FOMO. I watched everything wrestling I could. 
even when it was bad, I watched it. Um, I I just was that was just me. I was loads. I'm still loads of pro wrestling, but I mean, I was way. It was just like it just. There was just nothing to um to to quench that thirst, right? And I remember as I got older, I remember I kind of became more disattached and more just reasonable with it. Same thing with my football stuff, right? I used to be a huge football fan, huge Saint fan. I remember one day I was doing schoolwork or something. I was doing, matter of fact, I was uh, the Saints lost a game, and they lost the game because some BS or whatever. It was clearly a ref mess up. But then I remember a quarter quarterback got on and said, "Man, I missed some throws. Those if I make, if I make those throws, we win the game." And I remember thinking to myself, "How can I get so mad over something I have no control over?" And I the same thing applied to pro wrestling. And um. I remember just being able to watch what I want to watch when I want to watch it. And if I don't like what I'm seeing, I just don't fucking watch it. And going back to WrestleCon, I was talking to someone when I was in the line to meet, I think it was Suzuki. And this guy was just with his friend. His friend had every belt imaginable. He had the Winged Eagle. He had the Intercontinental. He had um, New Japan Intercontinental. He had the New Japan Championship. Everything was signed. I was like, how do you... He lived in Texas, so for him it was just kind of like I can drive all this stuff out here. I, there's no way he can't take any of that stuff on a plane. Anyways, um, his friend was talking to me. His friend was like, "I would enjoy wrestling. I would enjoy WWE more if if, if one person wasn't being pushed down my throat every five years." He's like, "I love wrestling. Grew up on NWA and WWE and blah blah blah, but I just can't do it Vince's way anymore." Like, he just was like bashing Roman, and I said, "I thought about it." I was like, I think that's been my disconnect with wrestling and wrestling fans for so long. That's why a lot of times when I go to shows and stuff like that, and I'm, I barely talk to anyone, but when I do, like, they're so invested, and God bless them. But, like, they're, they're so invested, and they're like, well, he needs to change this. I'm just, you don't have to watch it. There's a reason why certain people are needle movers and certain people aren't. There's a reason why Sasha Banks moves the needle. Whether you think she's a diva or not, that's, that's completely irrelevant. You, certain people feel certain ways about her, right? And I remember just vividly saying to myself, like, you don't have to watch this shit. And I remember doing the first podcast where I pretty much do it again. That's one of the things I stopped. I remember I started hating wrestling because watching three hours of Raw, I was like, I began to hate myself because Raw is bad most weeks. It just is, for those of you who are diehard WWE fans, just don't, just get over it. It's bad most weeks. And so I remember starting hating wrestling. And I was like, yo, I gotta step away. That's why I started just doing notes on stuff I wanted to watch. And if, so, I, if, it's, and if it's something I want to watch and it's bad, cool. I still wanted to watch it though. So I remember being at that SummerSlam and people were just booing Cena out of the fucking building. I have never watched any of that SummerSlam back. Um, but I don't think the TV will even do it justice because it just was that bad how much they were booing him. And so, I remember just being in my feelings. And we're getting to Cody Rhodes in a second. And that's when I realized I was a Cena fan. I, I don't remember the question. But I remember asking me if I was a Cena I mean, I don't remember like what the exact thing I said. But I remember in that moment, I was like, that's why I was so offended. Because it's like, I didn't watch every Cena. I, I didn't, I, I ref, I'm not going to watch his feud with the great Kali. Yeah, fuck you. Right? Send, send that shit somewhere. I, I don't... 
this is not like the 1940s when they're when the CIA is forcing black people to under hypnosis, dude. No one has your face in front of the TV holding your head and your eyeballs straight into the camera or into the TV. You don't have to do it. And so I don't. <laughs> Plain and simple, I just don't. So that was my long-winded way of saying that's why I felt the way I felt about Cody. It's because he was getting booed. And I'm like, yo, I get it. The package of him and Brandy is not a good package. It's just not because Brandy's not a good wrestler. And it felt and it feels forced from her. It just does. I get that. However, you know what I do do as well? Like when people tell me about the whole uh, American top team versus Cody and Brandy thing. Oh, tell me about it. I ain't watched that shit. So it was like, I'm not feeling bad because I didn't waste my time watching it because I knew I wasn't going to enjoy it. And so when the whole thing happened with him not working with a contract, and I remember thinking to myself, you know what's funny? Honestly, it's always 2020. I remember vividly when it was first, I think it was Mike Johnson, first said he's not working with a contract, and then Cody acknowledged it on TV. I remember saying to myself, he's going back to WWE. I remember saying this to myself, and I wasn't happy. So anyways, that's why I felt the way I felt. Because for those of you who are fans of the former podcast, you remember, I was extremely happy when CM Punk was out wrestling. Because he looked much happier. And I was like, dude, if you're happy, God bless you. Then that's fucking awesome. I'm happy for you that you are happy. You've done enough. You can rest now. You know what I'm saying? And, um... That I, I knew that, and that's why I was like super like oh, I hope he doesn't go back. But then it was clear he was going back. And you know what? He has to go back. And I and me watching this Broken Skull stuff and um, some of the stuff he said before in interviews. Um, but for me, he just looks good, in a happy place, and it, and, and, and it looks like he's whenever they get from that WWE Championship, that's going to be very fulfilling. Because he is technically a WWE guy. Um, but my analysis of it is, when I look at everything, right? When I look at him asking for his release. When I look at him putting that let, that, that note out there where it's a list of the wrestlers he wanted to wrestle. He wrestled all of them. And I think that's the thing. I didn't really, it, it, the six years went by so fast. I didn't really enjoy Cody Rhodes like I wanted to. I think I was only at maybe two shows he actually wrestled at and i think i felt like he was not going back to, i think that's my problem he i felt like he wasn't going to go back to wwe so i felt like i had more time but six years is a long time in wrestling and he stayed relevant the entire time he won the roh world heavyweight championship the nwa world heavyweight championship the new japan united states championship um three-time tnt champion um he did a lot, you know. So, anyways, I, I finally get it. I 100% get it. And I guess I got. I guess for me, being a fan, I didn't realize. I, I remember when Legacy was a thing. I always thought Ted and Cody would become world champion. I said it to a friend of mine named John Mark at the time. He said, "Well, they got to win the Intercontinental title first, <laughs> you know." And I think I, I. I guess I just didn't realize my fandom of Cody until I saw him rise up. And he's 
in the ring with Seth Rollins and he's just as happy as can be. You know, and to me, I think it's always, um, it's always, the grass is always greener when you're somewhere else, right? So, like, we're hearing all these rumors about frustrating people backstage. It's gonna be frust- no matter what, it's gonna be frustration. You know why? Because it's not gonna be enough TV time for for AEW wrestlers, and their roster is, you know, getting bigger and bigger. Plus, Tony has ROH, which he has to worry about now. WWE is WWE. Some people get the respect get the respect they deserve. Some people don't. So the grass is always going to be greener on the other side. Do I think MJF personally would be happy um, at WWE? I don't know. I don't think so. They could obviously pay him more, you know. But the freedoms that he has, he would not enjoy WWE, you know. And I think that's what makes. That's why you definitely need an AEW product. Because they're they're not flawless. I've complained about their treatment of Thunder Rosa since she's won has she she's wrestled one time since becoming the, the AEW women's champion. And that's against Nala Rose. And I don't want to see a match with her and Nala Rose. I can care less. No offense to Nala Rose. I like Nala Rose. But, you know, it's it's just I, it's not enough time for people. But I think that's what I like about AEW is that I it makes me want more of these people. It makes me want Ruby Soho, even though the poor girl got Booed out of, off the stage at Rampage in Las Vegas on Rampage. Like, it's like, I want more Ruby so I It makes me hunger for more certain people. As for WWE, when you have a three-hour TV show, plus cameo appearances on NXT, plus a two-hour show, the only people that really are treated special is between Roman and, and Brock. Everyone else is wrestling multiple times, sometimes multiple times a night. So, for me, it's just kind of like, okay, cool. But back to Cody. And this has been much more of an analysis of me, I guess, than Cody. But to me, I don't think there's anything else Cody could have done. Even him winning the AEW World Heavyweight Championship and turning heel. I don't think it would have been as satisfying as when we see him win the WWE Championship. Now, I don't think he's going to be the one to, to dethrone Roman. But I could definitely see him main events in WrestleMania next year. Unless The Rock comes back, then that's a different story. Then, well, no, yeah, that's just a whole different story. But to me, the analysis, the final, my final thoughts and analysis of Cody Rhodes is there was nothing left for him to do. He literally wrestled everyone on that sheet of paper he put down, except for Roderick Strong, and that's still a possibility. But he started a new company. He was an EVP. He won multiple championships. He was literally, uh, he went from being intercontinental champion and tag team champion to a world heavyweight champion. He won the NWA world. And, he, and not only did he win the NWA world title, I know some people say it's not what it used to be, and that's fine, but he won the NWA world title when Nick Aldis was making it feel special again. He, I, I had a chance of actually working with Nick Aldis when he was up at Rocky Mountain Pro, and I remember we just kind of looking and, like, the way he held that belt, it was very, very, he looked good. It was very, very prestigious. You know, it just looked good on him, you know. He, 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 he's definitely, um, sounds like a remix there. He, 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 um, <laughs> he, he definitely just raised the title, for sure. He did everything he could do. What else was there to actually do? You know what I'm saying? 
Um, so for me personally, I feel like I guess for me personally, I feel like the final analysis of it is um, huh. it's TBD. It's TBD. Because I never usually care about who goes to what company, et cetera, et cetera. But that definitely bothered me. The same way it would bother me if Cena ever went to AEW. The difference is Cody had to, because he said something key in that Austin interview. He said that Rollins has already reached the top of the mountain. He says he's a slow learner, but he's going to do it. And I said to myself, damn, that's pretty dope to recognize that. Because when you look at a lot of people on TV, they're, they're prodigies of Dusty. You know, so he, he had a lot to, he has a lot to prove in WWE. Um, so anyways, that's my final analysis of this whole situation. I know people have, people have been asking me for my final thoughts. And, like, I actually had three or four people say, hey, why are you so offended? And and even though they could tell, like, I didn't still like it, I actually appreciate it now. Because you know what? He made a move. We always talk about how you have to burn yourself, right? Gargano just did it. Kyle Riley just did it. He just signed, so said he signed a five-year contract with AEW. So that's, that's probably where he's going to end his career. Uh, Cole, Gargano, O'Reilly did it. Um, the Bucks have easily had a spot in WWE. They said, no, we're going to build our own company. Um, FTR did it. You know what? And Cody Rose just did it again. So I, I, I'm, I'm over it now. I'm out of my feelings. But I've realized why I was in my feelings to begin with. So. Anyways, that is the show for this week. Next week is going to be more of a traditional route, doing reviews um, of the week. Matter of fact, hmm. let me look up something real fast. Because I, I don't know if, um, what is the date on Hell in a Cell? Because I have a feeling that, oh, that's, that's all right. So you guys are probably not going to hear this until after the Hell in a Cell review. <laughs> so back-to-back -back weeks of pay-per-views. This week will be, as I'm recording this, this Monday will be the Double or Nothing review. After that, it will be the Hell in a Cell review. Then after that, you'll probably hear this. So did not know that. <laughs> Good to know, though. But anyways, that is the show. Hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoy the Wednesday show. I am Soul Chemical, and I am out. <laughs>